Good morning. My name is Mike. This is the Odd Pod. And today we're going to talk with David from Fireside Canada. It's a storytelling and history podcast focused on the legends, lies, and lore of Canada. I think you're going to love it. It's really well produced. It, well, it just sounds great. And even his intro music, I wish I had more time with him to ask him all these questions. But we were on limited time and uh, I got what I could. But Go listen to this podcast, leave it a five-star review wherever you find good podcasts, and let's dive right on into it. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. So it is what it is, but dude, I love your website here. So did you design the website yourself? I did, yeah. I, I had a, a friend of mine uh, put it together. She's a developer, but I'm uh, a graphic designer by trade. So I just kind of I put together the graphics and the the design of the website itself, and asked her to put it together for me just pretty quickly. Uh, well, it turned out really well. So you did all the graphic that's, design yourself. That's right. Yeah. Ah, it's really well done. I like the Canadian leaf inside the fire. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a, my, I'm I'm pretty pretty proud of the logo actually. Um, just all the different graphics. I I wanted to give the 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 show a little bit more uh, of a solidity, I guess, to it. So you know, designing different graphics for each episode and doing one for the logo and making it all kind of tie together—it's just part of the fun for me. Oh uh, yeah, it's really like the site's really well done. The podcast is really well done. And how many episodes have you done so far? That was number nine. The that's right, Dungarvan Whopper, Whooper, <laughs> the the Dungarvan Hooper. Yeah, I'm surprised that you could pronounce that because I sure can't. It, 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 that, that's the big thing about doing this is I try my best to kind of look at the the region that it comes from and understand exactly how to pronounce it. Like the Miramichi, it's not the Miramichi, like I initially called it. It's the Miramichi and it's the Dungarvan Hooper, not the Dungarvan. So yeah, trying to figure out the ways to pronounce it as best I can at least. And that gets even more complicated when it's French or any uh, indigenous language. Oh, for sure. It must be. And then are you from BC your entire life? That's right. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, if you get at the Duncan, you've got well, on the island. Do you go to the island much? A bit, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I probably go there every two, three years or so. Okay, yeah, because Duncan is the like the Sasquatch hotspot of North America, I think. Yeah, I think uh, um, in, in on the island for sure, and then over here, actually, quite close to me, up in, in Mission, uh, there's a lot of like Sasquatch concepts. You know, the uh, it's a Helcomellum word initially. So, all up through kind of Mission and the Pacific Northwest, you hear a lot of different stories. That would be fantastic as well. <laughs> for sure, lots of things. things. Yeah, and I I would love to do to cover the Sasquatch in general, but it's, it's, there's so much information and there's so much you have to take into an account for. And then of course the first nations and what their stories are. And you want to do honor to that. So it's this huge amount of content that I have to kind of figure out if I want to go through maybe in future seasons, if it lasts that long. Well, that's what I was meaning to ask you. Like when you do your research, how much time do you think goes into this? Like there's a lot of books behind you there. Are you a (laughs) historian by nature or? Well, I'm 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 a bit of a bibliophile, right? I I love to go through like one of my things that I like like to do when I travel is to go through all the used bookstores and just constantly comb through. And so over the last several years, that's kind of been my thing. Is I love to go and look for old folklore and uh, uh, different ghost stories from from all across Canada. And occasionally, being on the the west coast here, 
stories will slowly make their way as you know seniors move out here to retire or whatever else and of course i've been across canada before so finding books there so it does take quite a bit of time to to find the the material that i actually want to research and talk about um and of course just looking up online so and that, that that's actually that's a good, another thing about do we doing research for things like this like the dungarvan hooper um the idea behind that that tale, I was just going to say, okay, it's going to be a simple one, nice and short. Uh, you know, uh, Canada posted a stamp about it. Um, it everyone kind of knows the ghost story if you're from that region or if you've seen the old haunted Canada TV show. But then I start reading into it and I start looking into it and I realize, oh wait a minute, there's actually a whole um, huge amount of stories behind this story that aren't told anymore. And then I had to change it all up and suddenly one episode became two and it could have been more, but uh, you have to kind of draw the line somewhere. Um, well, but yeah, so yeah. For, for some of these, yeah, it'll take me, I've researched things for over a year sometimes to kind of figure out all the different angles of stories. So what made you decide to finally start a podcast? Like if this is your ninth episode, I guess you're working on a few in the can, but what made you decide that you're finally going to take these stories and bring them out into the air and share them with people? I think, um, well, it all just just kind of started with me looking for for interesting Canadian stories, right? Uh, um, I've always been a fan of folklore and myths and legends, and uh, uh, I eventually started thinking, well, where are the Canadian ones? You know, a bunch of American ones, you know, a bunch of European ones, but you very rarely hear them. Um, so once I started finding them and started reading them, um, then it kind of opened up this can of worms where you realize there's there's more to the story that's not just a ghost story in a lot of ways. Or you read things like Le Chasse Galerie, The Flying Canoe. Um, it's really well known in Quebec. They teach it in school in Quebec, but most Canadians have never even heard of it. Um, so I started kind of researching that and then learning that there's a lot more history behind that as well, than, even more than what uh, a lot of Quebec people know. Um, so I started kind of writing it down just for fun. I didn't know what it was going to be. Just, you know, why not just kind of do a little essay on what I find interesting. And then I would share these stories with friends and family. We'd go camping and I would just tell a story or I was hiking with a friend of mine on an old, old HBC trail. And I would tell him a story about La Chasse Gallery. And that really resonated with him because he, here he was on an old fur brigade trail, um, just working harder than he's ever had in his life, climbing up these hills day after day, feeling like a lot of the voyagers felt. And uh, so people kept saying, well, you know, you should probably consider a podcast or somehow to get this information out. And it made a lot of sense to do it as a podcast because in, it's basically an essay that I'm telling with you, but it's also, I wanted to get that, that, that drama and that, that storytelling aspect to it. So it's kind of like the, the modern version of, sharing a tale around a campfire with a little bit more of history than maybe some people want or expect, but it's there anyway. Uh, dude, they're very in-depth and engaging. They're very enjoyable. <laughs> I shared it on this uh, Facebook group I'm with about podcasts we listen to. So I don't know if you noticed any jumps in your downloads lately, but I'm like, oh, you should really try this. It's interesting. All of a sudden you see like 30 people just kind of start commenting on it and jumping on it. So nice. Hopefully it made a difference. Well, I guess we'll find out. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think well, that's that's the big thing too. Is um, as well as you probably know, doing doing podcasting is you very rarely hear any kind of feedback. It's kind of just speaking into a void. So you just kind of hope that someone's listening to it. You hope that it's engaging and, and interesting, and that it's not boring people. Um, and yeah, you'd, so you, I've gotten a little bit of feedback here and there, but not a lot. So you kind of just hope for the best. Yeah, well, it all comes down to the reviews, I guess. That's really what fuels the flames or flames the, the the fire 
but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you got to, it's just a matter of getting it out there. And Canadian stories are, like I said, they're kind of rare and hard to come by. Like, I mean, NPR has Serial and S-Town and all those, which are really well-told stories. Vice Land or Vice Canada, is that who it is? That does the other ones mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. Cool Mules and all that. Those are all engaging, interesting stories, but no one really dives into the the past a bit. You know, it's dark poutine, but I don't know if they've been making podcasts for a while. Like, I think they kind of took a day off for a while. Hmm. Yeah, no, I know off. that. Yeah, yeah, and listen they know they poutine. do a lot of. Um, sorry, you ever listen to Dark Poutine? Yeah, uh, I've I've listened to them quite a few times. I know that they they actually live out here in BC as well. Um, and I know that they they do a lot of true crime stuff and occasionally delve into to the legends as well. Like I think they did an episode on on Chasse Gallery. Um, but yeah, again, they kind of they kind of stopped short, which is fine. Um, at like just the general legend. Well, it's a story about a flying canoe. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but there's there's more interesting things that you can talk about if you really go into the history and the detail. But it's a lot of stuff to to slog through. Like to talk about Chasse Gallery, I had to really uh, try my best to to read a few essays and a few legends written only in French, and just Google Translate was my best friend for a couple couple weeks there, trying to <laughs> trying to parse all this information to really understand the history and uh, um, some of the, the sociological aspects behind it. Well, that would be tough. Yeah. For sure. Are you a researcher by trade or can I ask what you do for a living? Yeah. So, so if, for a living, I'm, I'm a graphic designer, so I do marketing oh, right, right. and Sorry, strategy and design. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just a hobby. This is completely off topic then. I mean, that's uh, the whole two different worlds. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, mean, I think that's another another reason why I got into this is uh, um, it's a really great way to to have a creative outlet, right? So um, in my day-to-day job, I do a lot of visual work, which is great. Um, and I do a lot of strategy work. Um, but I also, I've always, again, I've loved stories and I've loved writing. So it's a, a great way to kind of flex those muscles a little bit and, and uh, get work that part of my brain. Um, and uh, so kind of have that on the side and do my work in the daytime. And do you listen to podcasts while you're working? Uh, sometimes it all depends. When I'm when I'm doing design work, I can listen to a lot of podcasts. When I'm doing strategy stuff or writing stuff, I can't listen to a thing. It has to be totally silent. Oh, for um, sure. But yeah, some, sometimes. Okay, and can I ask what else you're listening to? Yeah, sure. Uh, lately, I haven't been listening to a lot. We just we have a, a one year old, so she's been taking up a lot of our time lately. Um, but right now, I'd say probably top ones would be uh, I love revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell um, there's a, a podcast that actually inspired me a lot in starting my own podcast called land of desire it's a, a, a history podcast about French history um, then also being into folklore I listened to a lot of the folklore podcast uh, and then uh, yeah I think otherwise other independent ones like uh, Canadian history X is is one that I'll kind of put on uh, occasionally. Uh, Thunder Bay, done by um, like the Canada Land group over there. Yeah, I've never heard of uh, Canadian History X. Yeah, there. Uh, so uh, I, he's uh, it's Craig Baird, I think is his name. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's uh, he actually does. I think he podcasts regularly every day now. He has a few of them. So he does one on the NHL. He does one on Canadian history itself. So yeah, it's a, a good way to just kind of get little short bursts of history and learn all about the country. I don't know how they find the time to do it. I <laughs> seriously have no idea. And the it's Thunder Bay one, well, yeah, they take us so much time. And the Thunder Bay one was really interesting because I used to live in Thunder Bay mm. until I went to university. And okay. uh, when they dive into it, yeah, when they get into the whole racism part up there, it was, they had their own police department. A lot of the crimes were never reported. Mm. So you'd hear about all the murders in like the local paper, 
but they would never really report on them since it wasn't part of the national organization, I guess, to count all the crimes that were up there. Oh, okay. It was a brutal place, a beautiful place, but man, a lot of brutality up there. Mm. It was just madness. So when you first jumped into this, did you go out and buy all this new gear or did you just kind of like, what made you say to yourself, well, I'm going to start one, like start a podcast and finally just open your wallet and buy a mic and get into it. Yeah. I figured uh, um, with, with the the regular work that I do for meetings and stuff, I I do most of my work from home. So uh, uh, that also helps out. So basically saying, okay, well, I need a microphone anyway. Um, when I tend, tend to talk to people on my laptop here, um, it tends to overheat a lot. People hear the fan, it gets all gnarly. So getting a microphone was a, you know, if I don't use it for a podcast, well, at least it's a business expense in other ways. Um, and uh, I, I figured that I could use it somehow. And so I've, I've eventually bought uh, just a, a regular just Rode microphone package with a, an audio interface and stuff. And that worked okay. But one problem with my voice in particular is it's it's relatively flat when I record it. So there's not a lot of like peaks and valleys when I'm, when I'm recording, it's, it, I tend to talk really quietly. And if I try my best to really speak out loud, then it just sounds like I'm yelling. <laughs> so I, I decided I had to get a, a better microphone. So I eventually just kind of put, put in the money to get a better quality microphone, this guy here, uh, which has done, done a lot better to actually work with uh, at least the nature of my voice. And can I ask what mic that is? Yeah. So this is the, the Shure SM7B. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people seem to choose that. It looks a, uh... Well, it's a very popular mic. And then what are you editing with or what are you recording to? Yeah, so that's another benefit. Um, being a designer, I, I already have the, the Adobe suite basically ready to go. So I, I edit and, and record everything in, in Adobe Edition. Okay. And are you a Windows guy then? A Mac guy, actually. When you're using Adobe, or when you're using Adobe Edition, does mm-hmm. it export it as a, like when you're recording, I guess, does it record it? In a wave format, or when you export it, or you're exporting it as an MP3. Yeah, it so it, it actually th- th- there's a few c- cool things that that edition does. So it, it has a, a podcast template. Um, so it, it has uh, if you create an, a new podcast, it sets different voice voice settings for podcasts in particular, and it has different channels. So one for interviewer, one for interviewee, et cetera, et cetera. Sound effects, music bed. Um, so that's really useful and organized and everything. I don't use any of that stuff because I'm just a one man show. But you know, a few of the levels I'll, I'll use, and occasionally, you know, some of the sound effects I put in will be on the interviewee line. <laughs> just because I've already used a music bed and other sound effects. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll record um, little bits, the various chapters of my episodes in wave format, just straight up mono wave, save them all. And then I'll go back in after I edit them all and assemble them into the, the podcast framework uh, that Adobe edition gives me. And then I export that as one big MP3 and uh, slap a graphic on it. And it's good to go. And who are you hosting with? Uh, right now it's Blueberry. I've never heard of them either. Yeah, I, 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 for me, it was I kind of looked really, really quickly. I went through Reddit and and kind of read about various um, uh, podcaster ideas and who you should you should host with. And Blueberry kept coming up, at least for me, um, when I was reading about it. Apparently, they have a really good integration with WordPress, so that kind of made it easier for me to f- kind of figure it out. I figured, well, I'll put the make the website in WordPress. Um, I'll use Blueberry's interface that works with WordPress. I'll be able to upload things pretty easily. And uh, so far, it's worked pretty well. It also lets me host the RSS feed on the website. So I have more control that way too. Mm-hmm. And when you put this up there with the audio, are you using a plugin to host the audio on the, like a WordPress yeah, plugin? So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm using the, the the Blueberry plugin, so um, it works really oh, well. Right. You just basically, I go into WordPress. It's it's there because it's it's part of the WordPress programming. I upload the episode right through the WordPress site. I uh, put in all the pertinent information for Apple Podcasts and whatever else. And then from that one central location, it just gets sent out and it gets posted to the site and it, it gets posted with the player. So it works out pretty well. Yeah, it is nice. And then I see here on each post, you have the sources, kind of uh, all the data on there as well too. Mm -hmm. And the stamp, the beautiful stamp. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Dude, it's a beautiful site. Oh, thank you. And well, like I said, the podcast, it's just, it's all top notch. Another question is how many do you plan on doing? Like how much can you put into this? How many do you have lined up, so to speak? Yeah, so um, I have a, a lot of folklore because um, I said, I'm a bit of a, a bibliophile, so I have a lot of books. Um, I have a lot of ideas of what I could write. So um, right now, I, I basically just prepped, uh, it was going to be 12 episodes, but I said Dungarvan Hooper kind of unraveled into two episodes more. Um, so it, I have 13 episodes for the first season. So those are all ironed out, ready to go. Um, so as you, as you noted, I'm on nine of 13. Um, once I'm done there, it's basically going to take a hiatus and see uh, what the feedback is. So if, if people listened, if people enjoyed it, um, then I'll be encouraged to keep doing it more. And, and uh, I figure I'll at least commit to two seasons um, because that's enough time and enough content to put it out there in the world and see what happens. Because uh, again, it's not really a goal to to make this um, uh, a money maker for me. It's just a way to to express creativity and uh, to to make to share stories out with people. And if something cool happens with it, great. If people enjoy it, fantastic. So I figure two, two seasons would be good. I'll probably do, as I said, like a, a thirteen right now. Maybe a few little short ones over the summer, just in case I need to keep people's interest. And then hit again in the fall, um, the, the traditional time of telling spooky stories anyway. And then we'll kind of see, I'll see what the, what the stats are and what the feedback is. Um, but if people are interested and if it's still fun, um, then I could keep doing this for several years, I think, with all the content I have. Well, yeah, I find podcasts are great for COVID because everyone's inside and they don't, they're not taking their time where they would normally go to the beach or go just to a restaurant or hang out because they're inside. So there's lots mm -hmm. of time for this now. For sure, yeah. But when life starts returning back to normal, then all of a sudden your your, your time is going to be pulled away, just like a pulled pork sandwich, and mm -hmm. be all over the place. So I would yeah. love to hear these for a while, and I would love to see you get like sponsored or something because it's uh it's great information. I find it really informative. Yeah, for sure, and I, I think uh, um you know the 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 other thing that I haven't really tapped on yet, which I kind of mentioned on the site is uh, is all the the first nations uh, and indigenous stories that can be shared. Um, but with that, of course, um, there you I, I, I kind of wanted to settle to look just at settler stories for this year because I wanted to create content because if I'm going to talk about about indigenous legends, I want to go and talk to the indigenous people themselves. So big plan ideas would be to actually go out and interview. Uh, elders from from different nations and and see if they're able to um, talk about the stories and hopefully share the stories as well because I would love to record some of that and discuss that as well. Yeah, and yours is on my short list. I find it really interesting. It's one of the ones I like to listen to after I smoke a joint and walk the dog. <laughs> I appreciate that, especially as a BCer man. Like you know, I, I'm I've, I'm I, as you mentioned, I'm I'm not a, a big pothead, but I could definitely appreciate it. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, like talking about the, 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 the stories. That's the big thing as well. But when you look at Canadian folklore, 
um, you know, it's, it's very super niche, right? So that the numbers are, are pretty tiny. Um, but again, hopefully the, the engagement is there. But yeah, I, another reason why I kind of wanted to do this is if you look at what's out there for Canadian folklore right now, if you look for the books, there are a few exceptions now, luckily, um, but a lot of the books, you know, they're old, they're written from the 50s and 60s. They take indigenous legends and they make them more white or Christian friendly, or they cut out weird bits because it's it's not proper, or they they make things into monsters and and they don't honor the actual original sacred idea or the traditional idea that was there. Um, or as I, as I mentioned again with, with the Hooper, right? The, the Dungarvan Hooper is many, many things, but right now, as far as we're concerned today, it's just a random ghost story when there's so much more that you can look into it. So I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of that, of, of taking these older stories and just turning them into campfire tales, which is great. Everyone loves a spooky campfire tale, but you also want a little bit more behind that to know the, where it came from. Well, yeah, that's what I really enjoyed. And then when you got into like the mountain line part of it too, I thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense as well. Because like mm -hmm. you're taking the the folklore part and you're putting a bit more of skepticism behind it. Yeah, and I think that's that's another thing I kind of wonder about is a lot of these legends I'll go through and I'll, you know, I don't try to actively debunk things, but I like to think things through in their entirety, right? But sometimes that reveals really interesting ideas. Like, I don't know if you listened to the one about the Chasse Gallery, um, but what's really cool, again, that's, that's the flying canoe. Um, but there's, there are actual historical reports from the 1600s um, by Ursuline, uh, an Ursuline nun and uh, um, other people who ran the churches about seeing a comet in the sky and seeing burning canoes on fire, like floating through the air. And uh, so you, you, you get the, the, the impression about the, the, the fear that was going through these people's minds and the visions they were seeing. These are real things. And we don't know for sure if they influenced the story, but certainly there are connections that you can, you can piece together. So it's not just a crazy story about a flying canoe. There's a lot more in there um, that represents people's sense of isolation and loneliness. And um, that was relevant then and is totally relevant today to all Canadians and new Canadians, right? Coming over to an area, uh, seeing these vast amounts of land, you can go, you can still in Canada go at two hours outside of your home and you're in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, so those ideas of, of being isolated, of, of being separated from your culture and your family, and um, that's still resonating today. And it's important we don't lose that aspect of the story. Well, that's also interesting too, because that's the, the flying canoe also ties in like there's Norse mythology about uh, flying machines as well. And then I was just listening to a podcast the other day about in uh, ancient India, apparently they said that mercury was used to make these flying machines for these Hindu mm. gods. And they said it was kind of shaped like a chariot at the time. Mm. So they almost all, all you hear these stories with flying objects and it makes you wonder, well, if they all go back a thousand years, maybe we as a society are missing out on something that happened a thousand years ago that we just weren't aware of. And we're only hearing, you know, like uh, tidbits of the story, the actual information that happened. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and that story also has connections to, to the wild hunt, right? The, 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 the party of, of hunters that race through the sky in uh, traditionally German, but also English mythology but they've made their way to Canada and now they're in canoes and actually down by you. Uh, Cause you're in, I think you're in Brampton, Ontario, right? Yeah. Just outside Toronto. So, yeah. So if you go like three hours 
down south towards Lake St. Clair on the, the border between Michigan, uh, I think. And uh, you, you go down there, there are stories of the Chasse Gallery there too, about flying canoes going through the sky and uh, um, black dogs running across the, 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 the water surface and that kind of thing. So there are all these different stories and ideas that, that are connected in you know, Quebec history, in um, uh, Acadian history, and in concepts of like old European mythology of the wild hunt that have kind of been translated over time to become, I think, uniquely Canadian. So it's it's a lot of fun to kind of look into all that stuff. Yeah, well, it sounds like you need to take some time off work this summer and go track down some more stories. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have a, a working list of, of things to, to write about. It's just a matter of like, yeah, trying to find the time to do it. And you know, with the work and now, of course, podcasting, and as we all know, you start podcasting and you don't realize how much work it's going to be. And then uh, uh, raising a one-year-old at the same time, it's a little bit of a crunch, but uh, yeah, we're definitely going to take some time off over the summer. And again, you know, at least get another season lined up and then hopefully we'll see if, if, if people do enjoy it, which it sounds like they are so far, then, uh, then I'll keep doing it. Well, dude, do it while you have the time, because when the kids hit like the walking age, then your <laughs> life will fall apart. So That's I'm true. pretty lucky now. My kids are both teenagers, so I have the more relaxed time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when they're a little bit younger, man, it was like zero time. So I've, I've, dude, I pity you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I, I think I got everything I needed here. I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm gonna hopefully get this up in a couple of weeks. Can I ask, is everything that people need to find you on, is it all at the website at firesidecanada.ca? Yeah, I think so. I'm, you know, I'm basically everywhere. So I could always upload a few more logos on there. But yeah, I mean, Apple and Spotify are the key ones. Um, but yeah, I think that the Twitter feed is probably where I'm most active. So, you know, I'm posting every day there as well to try to get people um, connected. Um, yeah, I think that's that's basically it. I think if you want to do another plug, I guess I can mention depending on the timing here. Um, but I'm actually going to be doing talks at two different conferences that are coming up. Um, so one is called Haunted Shores which is a conference you just Google Haunted Shores. And another one is um, the Open Graves, Open Minds Conference, Ill Met by Moonlight. Um, so I've signed up for those two. I don't know why, because I have no time, but <laughs> I signed up for those two where I'll be doing talks uh, along with, with a bunch of other people to, uh, for my part, to discuss two different parts of Canadian folklore. So the, uh, the Open Graves, Open Minds will be about the Baldoon mystery, which again is in your neck of the woods. Um, that's actually going to be the next two episodes after this one coming up this week. And then uh, for the Ill, or for the uh, Haunted Shores, I'll be talking about the bell ringers of Prince Edward Island and the uh, really interesting background behind that, uh, mm. which will eventually be in season two, if I can get around to making it. Yeah, those sound really interesting. And I think before you know it, you're going to find that this is your full-time job and the <laughs> graphic design is part-time yeah well we'll see i mean i i again i i don't anticipate making anything from this i but i would i would love to be proven wrong <laughs> i'd love to to be to to be able to make this into, into something but if, if it can't be something it's just a lot of fun and as long as i can share the stories and people get a, a deeper appreciation for the stories around us in canada then that's that'd be great now is there a contact form on your website here in case anyone wants to send you their own stories Yep, there, there is. is. Yep, and uh, uh, and also, you know, just send me a message on Twitter as well. But yeah, that contact form would be great. That's the, that's the other thing, issue too is that uh, I haven't talked to anyone yet who 
who really has heard a lot of their own stories. But you know, you you always have little little stories of of areas, right? So, um, the uh, the Screaming Tunnel of Niagara is a good example, right? People who grew up there knew about it, but a lot of people don't know all, uh, about it. And or some, sometimes you'll hear these stories, and you won't really think about it being a a bigger part of the the Canadian folklore tradition, but it totally is. And I think everything is worth looking into. So yeah, if anyone has any stories, please send them my way. I'd love to look into them. Listen, dude, I appreciate your time. I really, uh, really enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to hearing some more and uh, hopefully we'll be in touch again. And sometime soon when you've made a heart of these and (laughs) you're on CBC with your own little podcast, that would be fantastic too. We'll see. But yeah, I, I really appreciate this. I uh, enjoyed a lot talking to you. So yeah, hopefully maybe we can connect sometime in the future. All right. Okay. See you later. See ya. Thanks. So what did you think? I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation. Like I said, I wish I had more time with David. Really interesting guy. Beautiful. Just absolutely stunning podcast. It's so well done. Go give it a listen. You'll find it anywhere you find good podcasts. And once again, please remember that this is an edited podcast. I have cut some parts out to, well, make it flow a bit more. And you can find the complete and unedited transcripts and podcasts over at my Patreon page, which is in the links below. And that's that. Enjoy your weekend, and we shall talk soon. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.